Zach on Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Don, we are here. Oh, just think of the time. You don't have to think about it. It is right here. It is right now. Hard and love so strange. Said you now. How you doing today, Brandon Stokely? Oh, I'm doing great. I guess. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Too blessed to be stressed. Oh, there you go. But I'd be doing a lot better if the freaking Eagles won. Man, I got to tell you, uh... You know, obviously, there's a lot of talk about the the penalty, mm-hmm. and I think rightfully so. I just think that um, you know, in that situation, with how the game is played out, uh, that unless it's a egregious penalty, then uh, you just let them play. And to me, that wasn't um, one that uh, rose to that level that it should have been called in that situation. You're going to have some hand fighting. And, look, if you pause the game and slow the game down on every play, you can find a holding. Right. Right? Right. If you do that to the offensive lineman, I guarantee you every play you can see a jersey being pulled a little bit. Yes. And on third and eight, with under two minutes to go, uh, it was it was pretty good coverage. Could the ref have throw a holding call? Of course. If he wants to, he could have. Uh, but I just think in that situation, let them play, and um, and it would have ended up with the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles stop and a, a, a Kansas City Chiefs field goal attempt, which they would have made ninety nine percent of the time. And then you have the Eagles with the ball under two minutes to go, down three. Oh. Jalen Hurts has the ball. This is what it's oh, all about. That's right. That's right. Let's see what he could do. Let's I don't see what know. Happens. I don't know what he would have done. No, no one does. And at the same time. Um, I would be saying the same thing if it was vice versa. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, I would sir. have been looking at this thing the same yes. way. Like, don't determine the call, ref, on a play like that. Now, if it's the Saints-Vikings from, you know, six, seven years ago, or the Saints-Rams, excuse me, yes. six, seven years ago where the guy just cleaned up the wide receiver before the ball got there, and they didn't call that. But you, you have to call that. Right. Right? But that little pull tug, I mean, I just thought that – uh it, it was a call that shouldn't have been made in that situation, and it took away from the game in, in, in the biggest of ways. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to see the Eagles and Jalen Hurts have a chance to go down there and entertain us a little bit more. I had no idea where you were going to fall on this. Um, I, I really didn't until we start uh, here today, and I, I didn't. We didn't barely said a word to each other outside of you ridiculing. The amount of gray hair I have before we signed on the air, so I had no idea, it's, dude. It's it's a, it's a lot. I, I have a it's, lot of gray it, hair. It's, yeah, I, but I got it, the salt and pepper thing going. It, I was stunned. It's so much. <laughs> you didn't you didn't you, you didn't have in your leave in conditioner today? No, That's, no. It really shows no you don't yes. have the leave in conditioner. Well, just, just, I'm just straight out of How the shower. How do you do the leave in conditioner? Is that like at, like right when you get out of the shower, or you put it in just? No, you like, just it's it's. I don't know why it's called leave in conditioner. It threw me off too. I had to have explained to me. It's like it's just like a well, you, you leave know, it in. Yeah, that's but, why it's called that, right? Yeah, but you're not putting it in in the shower. You're you're like after you wash your hair and after you're out of the shower, like it's bare. It's barely product. It's barely product. It's like the lightest 
most. Uh, yeah, I think I might need that. It's you might. I mean, it's really subtle. It's not like gel or hairspray. It's but it's just conditioner like, for your head, it, and your hair. It, it, it is, but it's supposed to just apply just like a little, a little bit of hold. Huh. I guess I okay. don't know. I'm All not right. well versed on this stuff. I had okay. explained to me by a woman named Mandy years ago. I still have it. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Anyway, All right. I had no idea. A lot of guys need to know those things because it is good to do conditioner in your hair. I was, I was told it is. Okay. I had no idea where you were going to fall on this very, very controversial call. I mean, this is one of the more controversial calls that we've had in a Super Bowl because of the time left on the clock, because of the score of the game. It's obviously the stinking Super Bowl. There's a theory out there that, you know, and again, I don't subscribe to it, but like the league wants Pat Mahomes and, you know, I just can't go there. I just, no, I just can't, on, I just can't go there. That's why I liked yeah. what you said. If it was the other way, I think I'd be saying the same thing. I'd be a little bit happier. There'd be a little bit more money in my pocket, but like, like you have a compass of the game and I, I'll make a very, you know, um, uh, commonly used analogy that it felt like for the entirety of the football game, everyone was doing about 61 and a 55. And, uh, and the police was just letting you go for the, your entire trip. And then right before you're about to hit the exit, they're going to pull you over. And I just, I don't like how it, how it bucked the rest of the tenor of the football game. They had their flags in their pockets, Stoke. I know. It, it was, was nice. It was, it was awesome. so nice. It was they awesome. had a call earlier in the game on a third down for Kansas City that they could have thrown a flag on against the defender, um, and uh, they, they, they didn't. And it was against, I think it was against uh, Scantling over the middle on okay. a third down play. And they could have thrown the flag on it very easy. It looked like that was interference. They didn't. Let them play. Okay, bam. All right. We, I, I was like, this is great. They're letting them play yes. football. Yes. They, we're not seeing five million flags. That is awesome. Well, just, just continue it. Right? Just continue it. Let the players decide it. And then the players didn't decide it. No. They really didn't. No. And I like your analogy there. And that I think that's spot on. You can't just all of a sudden change. Now, if you've been throwing flags left and right, okay. Sure. But when you haven't, you can't all of a sudden do it. And um, that was a shame. Last year, I did see on, on Twitter this morning, there was that call in the go, uh, inside the 10-yard line on a third down from the Rams that was called on, on the Bengals' uh, middle linebacker on Cooper Cup. That was a ticky-tack foul. Gave okay. them a first down. Okay. They ended up scoring and winning that football game. But that, that thing would have looked totally different. So, you know, there was a call last year against Cincy that really hurt them, and it, it was a ticky-tack call. Another one this year's game. It's like, come on. Come on, guys. Yeah, and, and there's already this built-up narrative that NFL officiating has eroded it's a it's a hundred no it's really like a five hundred billion dollar business that doesn't have officials that are full time. That's bizarre to me. Like that's bizarre, and I'm not saying that every one of them does a bad job. Like I think on the whole they do a good job. There's a lot of plays. There's a lot of calls to be made, but they do have a bit of a perception problem. One that Roger Goodell had to face at the Super Bowl. To 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 the point he goes on record and he's like, the officiating is as is as great as it's ever been. To which he got blowback for, and then the next game you have this fantastic football game. I mean, Stoke, this was this was an instant classic. This is a tie game in the Super Bowl with five minutes left. I mean, this is like the executive at, at Fox, you know, popping bottles. They don't, you know, it's just just best case scenario. And to have the end of the game um, in controversy like that, just it feels like you had this perfectly clean glass of water, and there's this one drop of ink at the very last minute dropped into that water, and it's no longer crystal clear. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is here, 
like these guys, and Roger Goodell says it's never been better, right? Um, and because what they do to justify these calls is they do what we see on TV. They slow it down. And they pause it, right. and they say, "Look at the poll. Right. Great call. Right. No, that no, that was a good call. Right. No, that was a good call. Right. That's what they do on these types of situations. That's how they justify it. They're like, nope, that was the right call. That was the right call. Because on any play, if the ref throws the flag ninety nine percent of the time, you can slow it down and That's say, right. oh, illegal contact. That's right. Look, he got his hands on it. Well, it's football. It's You're going to yes. tug guys' jerseys a little bit. You're going to touch them down the football field, and you know so." That's what they do to justify some of these bad calls is they pause it, they stop it, and then they say, look at that. Look, see, he did. He grabbed his jersey. It's a warranted call. It's a good call. And that's um, that's just not how the game is played. And they, there's no thought into, okay, down situation. And there should be. There should be. You don't call the game the same in the last two minutes of the game as you did in the first two minutes of the game. I just don't believe you do that. There's a time and place, and you have to have some awareness of what's going on on the football field. Yeah. I heard Mark this morning, uh, I, I really liked this analogy, is like you have the um, the strike zone in baseball, and it's a little bit different night to night depending on the umpire. But once it's established for that game, you can't have some great departure from it in the bottom of the ninth inning. Yeah, that's well well, well done. Um I, I like that. That's that's a good one. That's what it exactly. felt like. There yeah. were single-digit flags, both teams combined. I think the NFL average is like nine per team per game. I mean, it's something like we've had these games where it's like, oh, there's one the Broncos 19. like 20 per game, I mean, 25. They were, they were especially, early in the season. especially early in the season. They were um, leading the NFL pack like secretariat uh, in the way of penalties. But that's just not how this game was, and it wasn't how it should be. Like, in the highest uh, level to sport, in the biggest game, it shouldn't be about the refs, and it wasn't for the longest time, and it was fantastic. It was refreshing. It was. It was so nice. It was. And, you know, it was, um, it was obvious. It was obvious. Like, this is so nice. And I was like, okay, they're letting them play. Yep. I love this. Yep. Okay, this game's going to be settled on the field. And then it really wasn't, unfortunately. And that wasn't why the Eagles lost that football game. No, the game. Chiefs were great. Right. The Chiefs were good. That, that second wasn't half was why brilliant. the Eagles lost that game. And... Um, but certainly it played a big part in it. It did. Too right? big of a part. Yeah, it, it did in that moment. Um, so I know we're going to dive more into it, but at the same time, like the Eagles' defense, they sucked. Like they were awful. Like make a play. What I thought happened y'all were supposed to be good. Rush. Right, I thought y'all were supposed to be a good defense. Oh, I make that one thought. stinking yes. play. So, you know, you want to look around a little bit and not, it's not only blaming the refs. I hate the refs because uh, that call because they took away some joy and excitement in the last two minutes. But the Eagles, you know, they got to look at themselves. They stunk on defense. Keep that thought because I want to go back there. Uh, more reaction to Super Bowl 57. Also, are the Chiefs now a dynasty? Someone here at the station thinks so. It's next. It's Reaction Monday, presented by Superbook.com. Here's Stokely and Zach. The Kansas City Chiefs have won their second Super Bowl in the Pat Mahomes era. Their third Overall, in the history of the Chiefs franchise, um, there's still a lot more I want to get to on the game as we you know, continue to break it down throughout the afternoon. Kansas City and the word dynasty being shared in the same sentence. 
We heard a little bit of this last week with Nick Wright from Fox Sports uh, saying that, hey, if you don't think this is going to be a dynasty by Sunday night, if they go on to win it, you know, you'll embarrass yourself. And he, you know, you know, talks about how close they've gotten. And those are the bad years and the good years are winning Super Bowls. And OK, I, I kind of I kind of expect that from Nick Wright. I did not expect that from our own Mark Stinkin' Schlereth. <laughs> Saying that the Chiefs are now a dynasty? Stoke, help, help me out. This, 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 this is not the case as of right now. No, right? I'm with you. We, we talked about it last week, and I think we both said, look, you, you got to win more than two. Two is not, not going to cut it. Now, they've been to the Super Bowl, you know, another time, and they've been to a bunch of AFC championship games. Um, but uh, you, you got you to gotta win another one. I mean, like, we can't just be giving out dynasties just to give out dynasties. You know, I, I know that's the way uh, the world turns now is, is orange slices for everyone. Everyone is good. Everyone deserves something good. Um, and let's crown everyone as the GOAT. And, you know, let's, let's – uh, it needs to be more than two. It's, you got to be more than two, and I think Mark said that because he wants his team to be considered um, uh, oh. his Broncos back to back, maybe to be considered a dynasty. Oh, which it's not. Sorry, Mark, it's not. So, um, oh, the that's thought, why. the thought crossed my mind. <laughs> the thought crossed my mind. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You know what the Broncos had in the late nineties? A legendary run. Yeah, and that's what this is. Yep. It's it's a legendary run. Like I, I had you know Broncos fan like rolling his eyes at me like legendary. Yeah, this is this is amazing. This is an amazing run. This, this is historic. Uh, the Chiefs have like sort of just had this insane footprint for a half decade now. Has it worked out in championships every time? No. But you cannot leap from one championship to dynasty and there's nothing in between. Two, and I've done the math on this. Two is just one more than one. You can't go from one singular championship to dynasty. You, you, you can't, like, triple jump your way to dynasty. And that's what it feels like this is. Legendary run, awesome. They deserve all the credit. They're amazing. What a well-run franchise. The stability of the ownership, the coach, the quarterback. It's awesome there. It really is. And to say otherwise wouldn't be being just acknowledging what the situation is. But dynasty... No, no, no. I like the way you said that legendary run, yes. And that's what it is. You're, you're exactly right. Um, but if you want to be considered a dynasty, you need more than two. Yeah, and I don't know how many years, five years, six years, eight years. You just need more more than two with a, with a core group. So um, I'm not ready to say dynasty either. And I think you, you said that really, really well. Legendary run, yes, because it's been impressive. It has been impressive. They've done some... You know, historic things. But um, if you want to be in that one category, like the Hall of Fame category, the dynasty category, you need more than two. Is three and four years dynastic? Yes. In your opinion? Absolutely. Now you, you qualify. Now you take that step over from, like you put it, legendary run to dynasty. Yeah. And I think of the 1990s Dallas Cowboys. You win in back-to-back years, one year off. There you are back in the Super Bowl. The next year it was like 93, 94. Then 95 was like the Niners. And then 96, they're winning it again with the same core. That's a dynasty. Patriots. Uh, Patriots. Patriots is really spread out. 
But they, I thought they won like three out of four or I think three out did. of five. I think they so, did. They did. Um, they did. Yes. So that's not very spread out. Well, they. I mean, it, it the, eventually, the, when when yes, at towards the end, they were still yeah. being competitive. But they had that dynasty run. Three out of four. That's a dynasty. That's a dynasty. That's a dynasty. Um, Golden State War. Well, that one's that one's different. We talked a little bit about that last week because they eventually bottomed out. You win three in a row. That's a dynasty, in my opinion. Shaq and Kobe, three in a, three straight. Um, I think I think the Warriors. I would classify them as a dynasty. Okay, because it, it's not you know to me it doesn't have to be just a, within a three or four year period. It's like what has the core group done? And yeah, it hasn't been perfect, but. You know, they bounced back and they ended up getting another one. I mean, how, how many rings has Steph and Clay and Draymond won together? Three or four? Uh, I think it's four. Yeah. I mean, because they won two without KD and won two with KD. So that's, to me, that's, 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 that's dynasty a dynasty with those guys. I okay. mean, those guys are the head of a dynasty. I mean, you can look at it a little yeah. bit differently. I was going to say, it's, it, it, and, and this is, I like that we're going down this road because your definition and my definition could be different. You could sort of, it has like an elastic clause where it's like, well, this one's a little bit different, but it's still a dynasty with the Warriors, even though they, they bottomed out at one point within that same period of time. However, no one's definition involves just two championships. No one. Right. So we can disagree on right. stuff, but we're like, you cannot disagree that two championships is a dynasty. I, I just, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in me Mark. Me too. Mark's football compass he, is so tried and true. Right. He's about, you know, getting it done and, like, grinding. And and now, it, to me, he's just like, I don't know, he's getting a little bit soft in his old age. Like, oh, yeah, we'll give them a dynasty. They won two Super Bowls. Like, what? No, <laughs> not from you, that. Mark. You can't do that. Of all people? No. Like, like Evans, okay. I would understand. Evans no, but is Evans, a little bit soft. Evans was really p- putting the screws to Mark. Right, he but that's what I'm saying. He was not letting Mark off the hook on that. And, you know, I just, I don't, I don't. Man, that's that's a little bit um, the co- odd take yeah. from Mark. The, the the football compass isn't pointing true north. No, on I don't, this. No, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Talk to me about Jalen Hurts yesterday. Thought he was great. Thought he was great. Um, you know, he was. They were dealing. Running game wasn't there. I mean, like, what happened to this big bad Philly offensive line? I mean, where's the running game? Wasn't there at all? Besides Hurts taking off and running. Um, and, and kudos to you on, on being all over the Hurts. Uh, and that was my biggest prop bet oh. over Hurts, um, 13 and a half. Uh, that biggest prop bet. Knuckles uh, on that. I, mean, I had a bunch of prop bets, but yeah. that was the biggest one that, yep. I, that I played. And we talked and, Friday isolating our favorite. I said, that's the favorite. Yeah. I said, and, and I loved it. I loved it you. also. And I, I followed through with it. And, you know, he had two runs there over the 13 and a half. He had he got a 14-yard. I was yeah, like, yes. yes. And then a couple yes. plays later, he took off so, for the long one. He was like a 28 one, yeah. 28 yard. He was brilliant, man. I mean, he was, he made plays. He delivered. Um, you know, it was a shame on that one. Just you, you look back at a game like that and you say, oh. that was a turning point. And yes. the turning point was obviously his fumble where he just lost control of the ball. It looks like Mahomes against Cincy when he just oh, went yes, to throw yes, and lost yes, it the week but right. you know, the AFC yeah, Championship yeah. game. And that was unfortunate, right? They did bounce back and go on to, to still have a 10-point lead into halftime. But they had a second and two and couldn't get it. Guy slips. Field was just atrocious. I was going to say, we're going to circle back to that 1,000% yeah. because we have to. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? And they're building it up at the same time as it's being a disaster. What are we, what, what are we doing? Like, can we not get a good grass field? How hard Goodness. is that? I, I mean, help I me. mean, do we need Mark to go out there and show him how to get, like, a, a real grass field? He could send his crew. Uh, right. 
his crew that helps him out at home. Yep. <laughs> no, but but so so now all of a sudden you have a third and one, and they're doing the they're doing the the push the quarterback forward. They get every time, and they have a false start. Zach. They have a st- false start on Can't a third and one. Can't do it. Third and a half a oh, yard. Oh, my gosh. Goes to third and six. Right. Fumble. Scoop score, Zach. Unbelievable. Um, and uh, it's just amazing how little things like that can yes. turn a football game. And certainly, like I said, the Eagles still had – they ended up uh, bouncing back from that in there in the second quarter. They but did. that was that, that was a huge uh, series of plays there. And But Jalen Hurts overall was magnificent. I thought he I mean, really was. He did, they couldn't run the ball at all. Nope. You Not know what the all. next leading rusher was after him? Boston Scott. I mean, Gainwell. Kenneth 20, Gainwell, 21 yards. Yeah, I had over 20 and a half. I was Me shocked. Me too. I had over hit. 19 and a half. I was shocked that hit. Um, yeah, I mean, they couldn't run the football. Where was Miles Sanders? Wasn't even playing hard. He was out, man. Dude, seven carries for 16 yards, two yards a carry. They just could not run the football on the Chiefs, and I was shocked by that. I really was. Without Hurts, that team loses by three scores, I think. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, you're right. He he kept them afloat over 300 passing yards. And by the way, jogging your memory a little bit, we did trivia last week, and one of the questions was Steve McNair was the all-time leading rusher for any quarterback in a Super Bowl. I said, that that record could fall this weekend with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And he went on to break it. He did. He's now the single leading for any Super Bowl r- rushing yards by a quarterback with 70 yards. Previous record was 64. And it looked like he was going to go for 150. I know. I mean, he like, I know. And he didn't do much with his legs, I don't recall, after halftime. No, because he the had like 54 half, yards eating. in the first yes. half. Right. He was eating in the first half and didn't do much after that. Uh, I just, it's... Um, I was uh, obviously pulling for the Eagles, and um, he played well. I, I didn't expect him to play that well throwing the football. I, no, I just, he that, played well enough. The to game win. took a life that I just didn't see happening. I just, I just didn't see Philly's defense just getting punched in the mouth over and over again, not being able to do anything. I didn't. I thought Philly would be able to run the football yes, better. I yes. thought it'd be a heavy run team. Yes. I thought if anything, they might struggle throwing the football. I mean, I just was so far off on. You speak on, for both of us. I picked was, Philly because of the defensive line and the offensive line, and both of them get F's. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. We're going conti- to continue to break this game down because there is still so uh, much to it. Not sure Terry Bradshaw should ever touch a microphone again. He's awful. I, I, he, is, I, he is awful. I, I, think, I told I you that last you week. Did. I told you that last you week. You did. He needs to shut his mouth talking about Sean Payton, what Sean Payton told him, and this and that. And then he thinks he's Mr. Funny Guy. Like sometimes people, you think you're Mr. Funny Guy all the time, and you're always, you know, oh, I can do this and say, Terry, shut up. We're going to continue to break down this game. We're going to continue to tear down Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> that was a good little rant there. Um, but it turns out we'll circle You're back to cool. it. You're not cool. You're not cool. Okay? You're not too cool for school. You, 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 you just, I mean, have some type of awareness. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We're going to continue to break down uh, everything uh, from last night and all the different components and dynamics uh, at play. Looking forward to it. But in the meantime, it turns out that Sean Payton interviewed who now for defensive coordinator? Something's afoot here. That's next. It's Reaction Monday, presented by Superbook.com. Here's Stokely and Zach.
So it turns out that Sean Payton has interviewed who now for defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos? Something is afoot. Something is a miss. Jay Glazer at 8.51 on Sunday morning. A little Sunday morning scoopage. New Broncos head coach interviewed a surprise candidate this week to be his defensive coordinator. ESPN's Rex Ryan. Okay. Let's go eat a snack. Yes. Now you know what I mean is something is afoot. Oh, now I got it. Now I got it. Rex, what? Rex likes his feet. (laughs) Rex does love his feet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the word on the street. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Rex Ryan. Why? I I think think that's, that's, um, that would be great. Uh, He's been a, like, this guy was a really good defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. And he had some really good defenses. Yes, he did. You know, he's been out of the game now for a while. 2016 was the last time he coached. It was yeah. for the Bills. So, you know, what's the energy level? What's the passion? All those things. Uh, but just on the surface for me, I'm like, all right. You know, he's an aggressive style football coach. And so I I, I think that would be I'm, – I'm on board with that that hire of Rex Ryan if that's what it would be. I'm A-OK with that. I've always loved Rex Ryan. I really have. Now, it didn't work out. It was a disaster in Buffalo, largely. And his last year with the Jets was uh, a 4-12 disaster, too. But there was a run there. First of all, the guy has as much defensive coordinator experience as you're going to find. I mean, he came up in coaching. Obviously, his dad was a coach. He was a defensive coordinator for uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats in the 90s, Oklahoma in the late 90s. He was the D-line coach for the Baltimore uh, Baltimore Ravens for a half decade from the late 90s to um, 2004. He was the Ravens defensive coordinator from 2005, 2006, 2007. He was assistant head coach. Uh, in 2008 and defensive coordinator for the Ravens. The Jets coach, five-year run, four of those years were awesome. Beating Brady and the Patriots, two AFC championship games with Mark Sanchez. Obviously, it doesn't work out in Buffalo. That just it just wasn't a good fit. Uh, but Rex has had real success in this league, and I would venture as much success, if not more, of any available candidate. Yeah, I, I think you're – look, you're – you're spot on. So you would be good with it. Yes, I would. Okay. It, it actually, like in a major way, if he want, if you want to get back into coaching and you're you're leaving that cushy job, that's a cushy job he has. It pays well. It's not the uh, 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 schedule of of a football coach. If you're diving back into professional football, man, there must be that itch that you want to scratch and you're ready to grind. You know what the grind is. You did it for years and you want it again. I would have absolutely no problem. No problem, especially Stoke. Like, this is kind of, not kind of, it's very late in the game. Like, who else are the Broncos are going to get that even has one quarter of the experience as Rex Ryan? Who's out there? I don't know. Who have we been interviewing? I mean, we the, the Desai guy? Yep. Right, Sean, is it Sean Desai? Sean Desai, yep. So he's still on the list. Um, do we know who else is on that list that, we've interviewed or we're looking at uh, to possibly be the defensive coordinator? Not really. I mean, Brian Flores went to, he's going to Minnesota, yep, yep. so he's he's off the... <coughs> oh, excuse, me. excuse me. Excuse you. Excuse me. Yeah, excuse, and you. Excuse me. Excuse, excuse you. you. Yes. Um, so, so stupid. Yes, you are. 
I, I don't know who else has been because all along it was like, okay, it looks like it's going to be this Desai guy. And Vic Fangio gave him a seal of approval, mm-hmm. you know, gave him the recommendation. So it looks like it might be him. But I don't think Sean Payton sold on him or that thing probably would have been done. And so probably right on that. Is it uh, who else? I mean, I don't know who else is, is, is in play here. Haven't heard any of other names other than Flores, who's already out, Desai, and now Rex. Now, could they be doing stuff covert? You yeah. Because we're finding out this, these things after the fact. Maybe so. Probably so. But right. um, until we... Until I mean, we, I'm sure, right, that he's interviewed more candidates than, than those few. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable assumption. I just... I just Chris Richard is another name. I'm just thinking okay. about him. He was the he was with the Saints uh, last year. They are moving on from him. He was with the Seahawks. Uh, I think he was there when I was there, um, or right after I was there. So uh, he's been around uh, the defensive side of the ball for a long time. Also, I think I remember hearing his name floated out. I don't know if they've interviewed him or not, though. Uh, but he's another name that's uh, I think is still available. Is there anything I'm going to ask the question, um, but I'm going to preface like you, you like Rex Ryan in this role, like as defensive coordinator, right? Not, he's not the head coach. He's answering to Sean Payton. So in this setup, I, you're sound like you're for it. I'd be for it, but I'm still going to ask the question. Is there something a little bit concerning that we're now post Super Bowl, the position still not filled and you could be pulling a guy from a television set that hasn't coached in you know, uh, seven years now? Oh, no. No, I'm not going there. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I Look, I, I don't know what this process has been like for Sean Payton. We haven't been behind the closed doors in these meetings. So I don't know if they're fumbling and bumbling around and panicking about this or if they're just going through a process. And you know what? Rex Ryan has a track record and a great resume. You know, we, we like some of these other guys, but Rex has reached out to us. He might want to get back in coaching. And so let's let's go down this road and see what it looks like. So it's it's hard for me to say panic, Broncos country, because you know what? They're they're fumbling this thing all around. They don't know who the defensive coordinator is gonna be. And I, I I don't know. I don't know what's really happening. And and so they might just be doing their due diligence and doing their homework and turning over every stone. And I mean there's no rush here, really. There's, there's, there's no rush, no need to, to, to rush the situation if you don't have to. And so that might just be the case here. So I'm not, I'm not going to um, put too much into it when I don't know all the details. How about you? Um, I, I like Rex. He's got a, a real resume. Um, but there is something a little bit about it that uh, it's something about like, you know, Sean Payton's coming from TV, too, for, for a year. And if you're going to pull Rex, who hasn't coached since 2016, there'd be something just a little bit. Um, I'd have, like, more of a question mark about it than if he was coming from, even if it was just a TV job for a year, just, like, catching his breath, you know, recharging his battery. He hasn't coached in a very long time. Still a younger guy. I mean, Rex Ryan isn't some old man. Um and he's been involved in the process of football and talking about football and talking to football people. But there is something a little bit maybe um, I'm struggling to find the, the like the right framing of like 
It'd be a little bit unusual. It, it would be a, a non-traditional, which yeah. is okay. Right. It's just not, you know, not 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 as normal of a grooved path as this type of I mean, process. you're right. I mean, but, uh, you know, I, like, there's, I'm not going to be down on it if they hire Rex Ryan because of that or, or, or think that something is, you know, afoot here because they might hire Rex Ryan or something. Yeah. So I, I just can't go there because... I don't know how this thing is playing out. Yeah. I don't know what it's looking like behind closed doors. It's a little bit different, um, certainly. But, you know, Rex might be chomping at the bit to get back. Yeah. If that's the case, okay, yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah. No, you if, know, sometimes you take some time off sure. and you get re-energized and you're looking forward to, you know, competing again and and getting out of the, the studio. Uh, so that that might be where he's at. And if that's the case, then, yeah. That, but, I mean, imagine covering this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, taking Rex Ryan pressers once a week. So we'll wait to hear uh, on what's the latest with that. But Rex Ryan could be um, maybe the the heel of the uh, AFC West oh, and toe that toe that, that line. <laughs> um, <laughs> Russell Wilson publicly came under oh, fire last week, and he responded heel toe. He responded over the weekend. It's next. <laughs> Reaction Monday, presented by Superbook.com. Here's Sophie and Zach. All right, so Russell Wilson came under fire last week in a very public way, in a very... um, you know, light shed on some darkness uh, type of way from the USA Today and Jason Wolf and the series uh, that that outlet was running along with uh, Yahoo. And it was sort of, um, again, sort of exposing some of these NFL charities from specifically Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winners. And again, you can file it under something that you didn't see coming. But when you saw some of the details... And some of the tax returns and some of the percentages that, uh, you know, Russell Wilson and the Why Not You Foundation was actually donating to these causes contrasted and specifically specifically the Why Not You Foundation contrasted with some of the um, uh, things that they were bragging about. And on the, you know, the, the numbers on the big checks and what they were promoting on their website, um, they did. It didn't add up. It simply didn't add up. Now, uh, they came out with um, uh, a statement uh, last week that didn't really say much of anything. Uh, and we knew at some point Russell himself had to address uh, some of these ac- accusations. And he did so over the weekend on Instagram and Twitter. And again, again, uh, j- just, just to uh, very briefly frame some of the accusations that 24 cents of every dollar, you know, one year were actually going to uh, the fund or the uh, the causes that they were raising the money for. You had a director making over two times the median uh, for a charity like his over two hundred thousand dollars. That's tens of thousand dollars over the 90th percentile of highest paid directors in charities like these. Uh, and, and again, I say charities like these because you're talking about a charity that raised about one point two million a year as opposed to, say, the Red Cross or wounded warriors that are doing one hundred million dollars. And those CEOs um, or directors uh, salaries are a bit inflated um, or not inflated, but are similar to the Why Not You Foundation's uh, top director. So 
all that stuff on the table. Here is Russell Wilson's response from over the weekend. Well, this means the world to me, has meant the world to me, and forever mean the world to me. And I just got to say something, you know. For our Why Not You Foundation, over the past eight years, we've been so freaking blessed to meet so many amazing people, so many amazing kids along the way, and to be able to also partner with some amazing, amazing brands. And uh, with those partnerships, we've been fortunate to be able to drive over 10-plus millions of dollars uh, for pediatric cancer and to, for education and for hunger prevention and so much more. The, those are the things that haven't really been highlighted and talked about. But I just want to highlight those things right now because because of those direct you know, partnerships and relationships, that money going directly to those in need, immediate need. And it's been an amazing journey to see the smiles on so many kids' faces and so many people's faces along the way. And I just want to highlight that, those kids, everybody else. And I also want to highlight the fact that we're going to keep learning, we're going to keep growing, we're going to keep getting better, but also, too, we're going to keep serving. And that's what I'm excited about is for those partnerships, for those relationships, and for me and Sierra to continue to serve and to make a difference. So why not you? Because you're keeping all the damn money. That's why not. <laughs> you're only giving us 24 cents on the dollar. That's why not. Oh, man. I couldn't help myself. Um, <laughs> look, obviously, his heart's in the right place. I think he, he does do a lot of good. Um, but it's uh, it's still, this thing needs to be run better, and it should be run better, I think, uh, ultimately is is what I take away from this. I don't think Russ um, went into this and um, to do anything wrong. I think it is it is all about help, and I think they probably have helped a lot of people, um, but they need to tighten up the ship here. It's uh, it's not run as good as it should be run, and that's that's obvious, right? Anybody that read the report and knows what's going on and you look at different other charities, this could be run a lot better, and they could do better for the Why Not You Foundation and, and some of the causes that they give to. Yeah, um, I think that's well said. It, 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 they need to get their house in order. It clearly was not. It doesn't mean that Russell Wilson is a thief or um, was running a completely hollow charity uh, by any means. But to be honest, this video that Russ put out actually does zero for me. You didn't address anything. You said, you said I, I want to say something right now and talked about the stuff that you always talk about. You didn't, you didn't address not one of the accusations. The airplane got up high and just kept just circling around, Zach. Yes. Yeah. I mean, oh. no, like, but, like, but like you make this video and almost like frame it like kind of like setting the record straight almost, but you didn't even attempt to. And Jason Wolf, uh, the author of that piece, uh, actually quote tweeted that video and said, I believe... Russell Wilson means well, and he tagged Russell. He said, but this video does not address important issues in my report on nonprofits founded by the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winners. It has eight years of Why Not You Foundation tax tax records and quotes from nonprofit experts, his attorney, and marketing guy. And I don't know. I don't know what the response should have been from Russell because what the information that we have is the information that we have, and this this idea that hey we 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 don't care about who's getting the credit. You do, yeah. You do, you do. And that's what this is about. Like that's what a lot of this is about. That you misrepresented who was giving what, and when you when you hold up a check. Yeah, why not you foundation for $2.6 million and then come to find out it was only 78000 donated to the hospital from you and your charity. 
that's that's misrepresenting, and doesn't mean you hadn't done great work. So um, I think there is an admission in there from Russell, and it was in the form of you know we're going to keep learning. Yeah, you know, and I I think that's like the coded language for yeah we're gonna we're gonna straighten this some of this bleep up. Um, but yeah. To be honest, I, I hear that response, and it's kind of like it, it doesn't move the needle for me at all because it didn't didn't say anything. Yeah, and you know that's. I I think when you, I, that's what Russ does. You know, he'll answer something and without really answering it. You know, he does it during the, his media availability. He'll just start going off on his own. You know, talking about different things, not answering the real question. And I think that's really what he did here. With the video. Yeah. Very politi- like like a politician, like says a lot, like Roger Goodell goes right. up there and says a lot. There's a bunch of words. You can quote me, but I'm not going to actually address what the heck you're asking me about. So um, hopefully, really, at the end of the day, they just tighten up their ship and kind of, he says, learn from this. Yeah, hopefully you learn from it and grow from it. And yeah, and we'll see. I don't know. You know, it was talk about the IRS getting involved and yeah. looking at this and yeah. what it might look like. So. This thing might not be going away. It could not. Mark Rogers, Russell's own agent, was quoted in the piece that it was highly likely that they could get some sort of penalty from the IRS if they chose to look into this charity. And and, and the word um, that Mike Kliss said Mark Rogers used was horrified, knowing some of the details that was going on underneath their nose. So um, got to uh, got to clean it up. Got to clean it up. Okay, uh, we're off and rolling here on a Super Bowl reaction Monday. The Broncos are once again living in the shadow of the champions. Just how far is Denver away from Kansas City? That's next.